Let's make this happen. All right, son. Okay. Okay. Now I'm missing it. Now I'm missing it. You hear Jeffrey crying? I can't hear anything, son. All right, good. <laughs> All right, we live. All right. We're going to let the Saints come on in. And uh, once they see your face, they'll get excited and click on. Oh, you're the expert, son. Doc, people are really appreciative of your, uh, your daily devotionals. Well, I'm glad it's making a difference. Yeah, definitely. All right, Facebook, come on in here. As you see, I have Pastor Jerry Allen Johnson Sr. Uh, with me tonight. So can you all do me a favor before we get started uh, with tonight's festivities? Can you please share this? Tonight. So can you all do me a favor? Hold on, I think I messed up though. I messed up. Hold on. Let me start over. I was trying something, but it didn't work. Come on, come on. Let's try this again, shall we? All right, we're trying this again. All right, we're on live now for real this time. We're on live, we're on live now for real. All right, church family, come on in. Come on in.
try this again. We messed up the first go round, but it's okay. We serve a God of another chance. All right, Facebook family, do me a favor and share this video uh, with your circle of influence. Tag somebody in this video. Let them know that Pastor Jeffrey Allen Johnson Sr. is on live tonight. Um, and as always, we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have great discussion. Oh, and do me a favor, if you have any questions for uh, Pastor, we will try to get to those questions, as many as we can, by the end of the night, by the end of our discussion, by the end of our time tonight. Uh, so if you have any questions about what we are talking about uh, tonight, uh, just any general questions related to uh, Pastor Johnson and what's going on in the world today. So uh, go ahead and drop those in the comments, if you would, please. Pastor Johnson, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm fantastic, son. Everything's good? Everything is well. Everything is well. Yesterday, I was on live, uh, and we were debriefing your sermon, Sailing Through the Storm. Sailing through the oh, storm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you, like, uh, you know, when I first started preaching, and people, like, my some of my seminary professors, and I think you were telling me a couple of times, if you can't preach a sermon in a sentence, then you're not ready to preach it in 30 minutes. So if you would if you would have to preach a sermon in a sentence, uh, dealing with Noah and selling through a storm, what would your sermon in a sentence be? Wow, you take me all the way back to seminary, son. Um, I, I believe what God was trying to show us in that message is that God either sin storms are sanctioned storms, but he's already prepared us for the storm. So he gives us before the storm, what we need for the storm. Yes, sir. And uh, so whatever we're going through right now, we know that God is able to help us to, to manage it, to get through it, to sail through it. That's good. So a lot of people really, that point on, you know, God gives you what you need before the storm, for the storm, that he prepares you for whatever it is that you're about to face. And he does it through his word. Like he told Noah through his word, go build an ark. And that was his word to prepare him for what was he about, what was he about to face. And so we looked at that parable that Jesus told about the two builders. Um, they both heard the word of God, uh, but, but only one of them was prepared for the storm because that person not only heard the word, but applied that word. And so now we're in a space in this time now with all that's going on in our world and our lives and our family where we are now almost in a, in, a, in a space where we have to rely on that word. All these sermons that we've been hearing throughout the year, now it's our opportunity to apply that word. And your sermon Sunday uh, encouraged us in that the word that God gives us prepares us for the storm that we're facing. Yeah, and, and hopefully people realize that sometimes we, we get our feelings hurt because we end up in the storm, because we're thinking, okay, I gave my life to Christ, I received his word, I obeyed his word, I built something of significance for him. And we think that somehow we're immune to the storm or God should help uh, allow us to avoid the storm. But no, even though God sent the storm for one reason for one group of people, he still sent that storm for Noah who was righteous with God, he was just, he walked with God, but God had a destination he had for Noah to go and a height he had for him to get to. And so even though the storm was sent 
um, as destruction for one group, it was also sent for development for Noah. So I, people shouldn't get their feelings hurt as believers when we have to go through bad times. So sometimes God is using it to build us and strengthen us and to move us to places and heights that we would not have been able to go to had we not gone through the experience we had. Yes, sir. So um, one, it was a sermon earlier this year where you kind of opened up with this idea about storms and how they're normal. We can't get away from it. And so you talked about geographical places. Can you kind of walk us through that illustration? Like even regardless of where you move geographically, you can't get away from a storm. Yeah, and that, that's, the, you know, some of us are trying to live our lives storm-free. We're trying to find somewhere we can go to do that. So, so you know, people talk about, well, I'm sick of Indiana because all the blizzards here, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of here. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to Florida. All right, you can go there, no blizzards there, but there's going to be some hurricanes when you're there. Right. Oh, okay, I forgot about the hurricanes. Then, then uh, I'll go to Oklahoma City. It's a nice place. They're friendly down there. Like, there's a reason they call their team uh, the Thunder, the NBA team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, because all those tornadoes and weather that, that's going on there. So everywhere you go, it, it doesn't matter. If, if you go to California, they're not going to have a bunch of tornadoes, but they're going to have some earthquakes. Yeah. And so in life, people try to move somewhere in life that they can avoid the storm. So single people talk about getting married. We got some storms in marriage too, and then married people talking about getting single. Your 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 great grandmother used to say, uh, "Marriage is like flies on a screen. Those on the outside are trying to get in, and those on the inside they trying to get out. Because there are going to be storms whether you're single, storms whether you're married. People talking about leaving the inner city, going out to the suburb. There's some storms out there too. Yeah. So uh, whether you are middle management or CEO, you're going to run into things. And so instead of trying to avoid the storm, why don't we hear God's word and God's Holy Spirit and the, the encouragement and being built up from the body of Christ, the church, and let's prepare for, we know it's going to come. So let's get ready for it. So when it does come, we can sail through it and we can actually, uh, what I try to get people to do when they're going through difficulties and hardships is don't ask God, why me? Every, everybody goes through difficulties and hardships. So it's not why me, it's God, what are you trying to teach me? Yeah. So even in this season right now, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, this is, this is hard for everybody. I don't care if you're a, a, a member or minister, you're, you're a preacher or part of the pew, it doesn't matter. You're in the congregation or the clergy. Uh, it's difficult for all of us. But my question to God now is not why me? Like I'm beyond going through hardships. But God, what are you trying to teach me through this season of stress and strain and struggle? I know God is up to something. God, there's always purpose in pain with God. God never lets us just go through something just to go through it. And so I'm trying to remain open to hear God's voice, his Holy Spirit, I'm in the word of God every day. I'm praying every day. I do watch uh, the news, but I don't, I don't watch it 24 hours a day. I, yeah. That's too much bad news. And I think bad news, if you're not careful, will develop fear. But faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the more time we spend in God's word, the more it builds up our faith. So I'm, I'm trying to spend more time in his word. We're still fasting and praying. And I'm using all of that to be open 
to what is God trying to speak to me during the season. So I encourage everybody to do that, to do that. You're not going to avoid the storm. You're not going it rains on the just as well as the unjust. You're not going to avoid the storm. But what are you doing uh, with God to strengthen yourself to sail through it? And and how open are you to hearing God's voice during this time? Yeah, that's good. So, I mean, as we get into this conversation, for those of you who just are, are tuning in, do, do us a favor. Click that share button. It's a, it's a, it's a two-click process. Share, then share on your on your page so that other people can be blessed by what you are experiencing tonight too. So pastor, you talked about, you know, going through the storm and trying to be open to what God is trying to say. And for me during this time, for me, like initially it was always threefold. Like what is God saying to the church? What is God saying to me as a part of my family? And then what is God saying to me individually? Like what have I been putting on the back burner that I know that I've been wanting to do and God has wanted me to do, but because of a busy schedule or whatever these other excuses now, I don't have any excuse. So what do you think that God is trying to say to the church during this time of shutting everything down, this worldwide sabbatical that everybody seems to be on? Like, what do you, what do you think God is speaking to the church? Well, uh, I remember it, one of the years where the Indianapolis Colts, they, uh, they were they had done well at the beginning of the year. Then they lost like four games in a row. This is when Tony Dungy was coach. They lost four games in a row. And then after losing those four games in a row, for whatever reason, they got on a winning streak. And they won the rest of the regular season games. I believe it's the year that they actually went to the Super Bowl. Mm. And so they won all the games in the playoffs. And so the media was trying to figure out from Tony Dungy, what, what did y'all do? How do y'all go from losing four straight games to winning out throughout the season, having all those victories like that? Right. And they were asking, well, did you put in new plays? Uh, did you change some of the old plays? Uh, what did, did you change the playbook? What did you do? And, and Dungy said, the only thing we did was change our attitude. Mm. He said, we didn't change any plays. We didn't put anything new. We didn't take out anything old. We just changed our attitude and whatever else god is saying to the body of christ during this time is his playbook doesn't change god the, the bible is the is the written and recorded word of god it's the authority for the life of the church and the authority for the life of the believer and all the plays we need in life are in that bible that's our playbook and just because we're being defeated or we're going through difficulty and hardship God is not changing the play. You don't, you don't have to try to wait on God to send you something different. Yes, Whatever he sends us is going to be lined up with his word. So God is, God is speaking out of, that, out of the Bible, out of the word of God. But I tell you this, he may be trying to change some of our attitudes during the season. Mm. Uh, the, the plays are the same. The playbook is the same. But some of our attitudes, man, we just, the, the, the Bible talks about, the Holy Spirit. A lot of times when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about his power and we talk about the gifts that come with the Holy Spirit. And we ought to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. You should receive dudamus. You should receive dynamite, dynamo, dynamic when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And we should talk about operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Right. God gave everybody, every believer has a spiritual gift. When you gave Jesus your, your, your faith, he gave Jesus your faith, he saved you. And then his Holy Spirit moved inside of you. And the Holy Spirit gave you a gift. Everybody has a gift. And we ought to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. 
but somehow we don't talk about the fruit of the spirit, our attitudes, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith, self-control. And I, I believe during this season, that may be what God is working on uh, with some of us, My Lord. the attitudes that we have. You know, some of us, man, it's, it's, it's like we trying to be equal with God. And God says, I don't have any equals. I'm, he's grandma said he got all by itself. And so maybe it's us executing what God has already put in his word, what he's trying to get us to do. And, and maybe we've gotten so busy doing everything else. We don't have time to do what God wants us. God says, okay, then I, I know how to get your time. Right. And maybe it's our attitude. And uh, God says all this arrogance and conceit, and built up in pride about some of the things that we have done and are accomplishing, then I, I know how to I know how to bring you down. I know how to humble you, and and and, I, and that may be what's going on. You know, God. One thing about storms, and I, I didn't have a I didn't have a chance to talk about. I am going to get back to Noah. I'm not done with Noah, mm. but when that storm came, um, it brought destruction, discipline, and development. Yes, sir. Because God will send one storm and do multiple things with it. So you say, what is God speaking to the body of Christ during this season? Well, for some of us, uh, there are some things in our life that need to be destroyed. Some things in our life that came between us and God. Anything that comes between us and God needs to be destroyed. And then for some of us, it's discipline. We've walked outside the will of God. We haven't done what God asked us to do. We haven't operated according to scripture. Um, we haven't lived like Christians. We, we, we call ourselves Christ-like, but we haven't lived Christ-like. And, and for some of us, it's discipline. God disciplined those that he loves. And then for some of us, it's development. That Jeffrey Johnson, I don't care how much you've obeyed me. I don't care how much you've listened to me. I don't care how much you read my scripture and you fasted. But there's some other things I want to develop in your life. Right. There's some other, that, that fruit of the spirit I'm working on. And God will send one storm to one nation and have multiple reasons on what he's seeking to accomplish in that. That's good. So even with talk about attitude for the church, uh, it's probably safe to say also for, you know, people with family or marriage and children. Um, and then even with your own individual goals and, and dreams and aspirations, you know, we talk about people talking about they want to, you know, start a business or they want to write a book or they want to read a book and all these things that we set out to do in January and, and blamed our busy schedule for not being able to get to it. So now God has settled all that stuff down, you know, for you to accomplish these things and for you to get back to the family because we can't go nowhere. We can't blame LeBron James no more on watch, go and watch the game. Now he's stuck in the crib and all these different things. And so, like you said, God will send one storm to do a multiplicity of things. And I think that that is what, God is certainly doing uh, during this time. And like you said, we're not saying that God is, has sent the storm, but we are saying that God knows how to use the storm for our good. And I think we got to get that uh, across to people because some, I was uh, doing a webinar this past Saturday and we were talking about this very thing, the different effects of what's going on and how this affects us spiritually. And somebody asked the question, well, how can you say that God sent this storm? And how, do, how can you say that God sent this? And we're saying, no, God didn't send it. But we are saying that God knows how to use it for our good and our development and our discipline. Yeah, I, I guess 
for, for some, when people say, how do you know God sent it? Well, okay, well, how do you know he didn't? Yeah. His ways are not our ways. His <laughs> thoughts are not our thoughts. They're higher than ours as the heavens are above the earth. So even if God did not arrange the storm we're in, he allowed it. God has, God can, has the power to stop it at any time. And God is going to stop it. Yes, sir. But God takes things that come against us and he uses it for us. Now, we know that. Now, we may not know if God sent it. We don't know God. I, I don't think anybody with some might claim to know him, but I don't think any of us know God like that. Right. And we can't say God didn't send it because we don't know him like that. We've seen in scriptures where God, we, we just looked at Noah in Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8. Uh, so God has done some devastating things in the past, but it's always a purpose behind. There's always purpose in the pain. Yes, sir. And, you know, our, our grandparents used to say, we'll understand it better by and by. And that, that's the truth. Some of the scenes right now when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. And they was like, man, you don't need to be washing our feet. You, you, you Jesus, you the Christ. We, we need to be serving you. And Jesus said, listen, some of the things I'm doing now, you don't understand it, but you'll understand it by and by, fundamentally. Yes, and I think with this, we, we may not be able to, to tell if this is the fingerprints of God on this, right. but we know God did not stop it. And, and like in my own life, <laughs> one of the things... And, and the leaders of our church are concerned about me getting rest. You know, I've been doing, I've been pastor one church for 32 years. Mm. And at Sun, since you've been on staff, you see all the elements that we touch in ministry. Yes, sir. And so some of our leaders are concerned that I'm not getting enough rest. And you know, my thing is, listen, God called me. I'm doing God's will. I, I don't have time then. Okay. Then I'm on a plane every other week and I'm going somewhere to preach or teach or consult. Um, and our work with, uh, I speak at universities, colleges, businesses, conventions, and, and I'm, I'm busy. I don't have time for it. Well, God says, all right, all right. That's Psalm 23. <laughs> you don't, Jeffrey Johnson, you don't have enough sense to rest on your own. He will make you lie down in green pastures. So I think for some, it may be that God is, says we don't know how to lie down on our own. He's making us lie down and, uh, and just take and trying the best we can. And I know it's hard for people. I know sickness, uh, people dealing with death, uh, unemployment, people trying to figure out how to pay their bills and so many things. Um, but we really got to figure out what is God seeking to do in my life, or as you say, son, in my family's life, um, during this season and during this time. So I don't, you know, there, there are people who talk about never waste a good crisis, mm. you know, and, and there's, you know, they're saying that, you know, if you're in ministry or social justice or civic leader, or whatever it is, and a crisis come up, you need to get busy. You need to handle your business during that. And, and maybe in our families, we need to get that too. That's never right. waste a good crisis. What is it that God is seeking to do? with us during the season what is he trying to teach us what is he trying to reveal to us to show us and then what assignment does he have for us during the season how are we supposed to to operate during this time right so i mean with all that's going on we still got work to do we're still 
you know, ministering to God's people, meeting needs, spreading the word, exalting Jesus and explaining the word, uh, evangelism and discipleship, specifically at Asian Star Church. And even, you know, in the broader sense, the body of Christ. And so this upcoming week is Holy Week. We got Holy Week coming up. We got Good Friday. That's always a busy night for the church with seven last sayings all over the city and country and world. And then, of course, Resurrection Sunday. So people are, you know, concerned, if you will, about how we as the church uh, can continue to recognize this and celebrate this uh, with Holy Week and all that's going on. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on this with the physical distancing and all that's happening? Um, how important is it for us to continue to remember and reflect on Holy Week? And for those who may not understand what Holy Week is, just kind of give them kind of a brief synopsis, if you will, about what Holy Week is all about. Yeah, um, we call it Holy Week now after the resurrection. <laughs> we, we didn't call it Holy Week before the resurrection. Uh, you know, there are terms that we use in, in Christendom, uh, like the passion period or the passion of Christ. There's a reason Mel Gibson called that movie The Passion of Christ, as he looked at some of the, matter of fact, he, I think he looked at the last 12 hours of the life of Jesus. But when we talk about passion and Holy Week, it really starts when Jesus came riding in on that donkey and, uh, and people were celebrating him and praising him and pulling out palm leaves and throwing it in front of the donkey and Hosanna to God in the highest. And they celebrated the Lord. And that's when it starts. So when you talk about passion, passion really deals with suffering or bearing or enduring. So when Jesus endured the suffering for us, that's what the passion is all about. So it goes from uh, Jesus coming in right on that donkey, the triumphal entry, we call it, going into temple and cleansing the temple and turning over those tables and throwing over those chairs and uh, people were getting ripped off. And so he had to clean that, the, the temple up. Uh, and then the last, the last supper is included in what we call Holy Week. Right. When Jesus met with his 12 disciples and with that bread and, and, and wine, the bread representing the body of Christ, the, the wine representing the blood of Jesus for this new covenant that we have with him. Yeah. That comes with a relationship in Jesus Christ. And then after the Last Supper, still a part of the Passion period, this Passion Week, uh, the Passion of Christ is the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus went into that garden and prayed with all of that agony. He was praying, Father, uh, if it be possible to, to let this cup, this cup of suffering, let it, be, let it pass from me, let it be removed from me. And then Jesus said, but if this is the only way that I could get people right with you, only way to get people saved. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. But the agony that, and many talk about that that's really where the victory took place. Mm. People argue about Calvary versus the garden because had he not made it through that agony of the garden, he never would have got to Calvary. Yes, sir. But all of that agony he went through in the garden and then getting arrested by the soldiers in the garden of Gethsemane. And that's a part of that passion, that enduring the suffering. Uh, going to Pilate, to be judged, and then to Herod to be judged, and then from Herod back to Pilate, and then being whipped and beaten, enduring this suffering, this passion, then nailing him to the cross, and pulling that, using that rope to raise him up on that cross. That's the passion period. And then, of course, he died on the cross, and then they put him in that, that cave with that stone in front of it. And then 
Three days later, God raised Jesus from the dead. So that, when we talk about Holy Week, that's the week we're talking about. Man. And that Friday that's so significant is the, is the day Jesus died. Yes, sir. And, um, and it was, and actually it was a bad Friday. He'd been lied on and whipped and beaten, falsely accused. They found him innocent and then treated him like he was guilty. Mm. That, it was really a bad Friday, nailing him to the cross. And when they whipped him, those Roman soldiers would use leather straps with glass and metal in it and pull the flesh from his body when they whipped him. That's why we talk about the broken body of our Lord. Right. And that was a bad Friday. Dying on the cross. That's a bad Friday. Until uh, Sunday came. <laughs> and then resurrection Sunday. Transformed mm. Friday. Mama. And that's why, like now, when we, you talk about celebrating Holy Week, if we look at it right, this, the time we're going through now, this is this is a bad season. I know some people try to act like they're so spiritual that this is, right. you know, this is the move of the Lord. And listen, this is a bad season. <laughs> now, yeah. when we come out of it, and God does in our life what He's seeking to do, to discipline us and develop us and get us a destination we had not been able to go to had we not been through this, then we can look back on it and talk about how good it was. But right. when you're going through it, and that's what the resurrection has done. So. Holy Week is significant, and I encourage people uh, to figure out some kind of way um, to, to celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's 21st century now. Um, you know, all this technology, we can, we can, we can find, you talk about the seven last words, we can find a, a minister every day, starting with Sunday, Palm mm -hmm. Sunday. You can find some preaching. And then I guarantee you somebody will be on Monday preaching and then Tuesday. So we can do that all the way up to Easter as a, as a way of celebrating the Holy Week, remembering, recalling. And then, uh, like I do every year during this season, I just I go back and reread the Gospels. Mm. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I want to hear what those first century persons who saw Jesus and were with Jesus and some disciples of Jesus. Yeah. I want to hear their take on it. That's good. That was the Holy Spirit breathed on them to do this. So I spent time just reading God's word and thinking about the sacrifice that Christ made. And so, you know, even though we're in our home, and this is, I was, I was thinking about this um, for, for ne actually for Easter Sunday. I'm not preaching this, but I was thinking about this. That the first celebration of the resurrection was not in the temple. It was not in a synagogue and it wasn't in the church. Help us. The first place, we know the women celebrated it when they were running from that tomb, when they went and saw the body was, Jesus was gone, the stone was rolled away. And there was the angel or the man at the, at the tomb said, I know who you're looking for, he ain't here. Yeah. He's risen as he said he would. And then that same night, Jesus went and showed up with his 11 disciples. We know one got lost along the way. Mm -hmm. And when he showed up in that house and that door was locked, and Jesus went on the other side of that door because locked doors don't bother Jesus. Y'all worry about people locking you up. Locked doors don't bother Jesus. Okay. And he went inside and there was his 11 disciples and Jesus showed his scars. And that was the first celebration. He started talking about the Holy Spirit and our assignment 
to go do what God assigned me to do. Now I'm sending you to do. They, you know, that was at a house. <laughs> that was not in the temple, in a synagogue or church. So we're really getting back to the first celebration in a place. Yes, sir. Of the resurrection. We'll be in a house, just that like the disciples were when they got word that Jesus was raised from the dead. Man, that's good. That brings us definitely brings us brings us back to the beginning. And uh so with that, you know, people I'm sure that people in during Christmas time, regardless of what's going on in the church physically, will find a way to celebrate Christmas. Right? Even if it was a blizzard outside, regardless of what's going on, people will celebrate Christmas. Um, do you think Resurrection Sunday or Easter has that same impact on people? Yeah, I, I believe for believers, this is our biggest day of the year, Easter. <laughs> the Apostle Paul said when he wrote to the believers at Corinth, if Christ had not been raised from the dead, then we wasted our time with this. My Lord. Uh, everything is vain. So for us, man, you know, the early, the early church, they did not have um, 50,000 square foot facilities. They didn't have pews and chandeliers and keyboards and organs and no B3s. And they didn't have uh, JBL speakers and monitors. <laughs> they didn't have all that. And they still celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. And they didn't they didn't go buy a new white dress and a hat and a black suit and a new watch and some shiny shoes. They didn't do that. They didn't dress the little babies up with bonnets. They did not do that to celebrate the resurrection. And so hopefully this will help us to reflect back up on the early church and their celebration uh of the resurrection. Actually, they they celebrated the resurrection on a daily basis, but that's a another conversation for another day yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it yeah i think for for believers for christians that really believe jesus died on the cross to uh for our to pay the penalty for our sins and three days later god raised him from the dead and allowed us to have the faith to receive his grace to be saved man it, i don't i don't think uh, that a crisis can stop our celebration of Christ. Because, mm. I mean, and the reason why we even have salvation is because of a crisis. So if he can get salvation in the middle of a crisis, how much more can we celebrate and praise God because of that, in the midst of that? So, and you always talk about in your sermons that somebody told you that you are intentional with your words and you're very thoughtful with the words that you speak intentional. So I never really hear you use the word Easter. You refer to it as resurrection Sunday. <laughs> so is that on purpose? I, I know you're. <laughs> yeah. What would you say the difference between the there two? There are a few that say I'm very intentional with my word. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with using the word Easter. That's it is Easter, but man, we done we we done, we we really have messed that word Easter up. <laughs> I, they they did this. Uh, it was in Hamilton County. Hamilton, Hamilton Southeastern Schools had some piece, and they were worried about uh, bullying in school. They were worried about um, just the different cultures. I know, uh, son, when you went out to Hamilton Southeastern, it was just you were the only black out there. But I was, that's what I, yeah. I was. The, I was the Ruby Bridges of Hamilton Southeastern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now they got blacks, 
they got Latinos, they got Asians, they had everything. So they brought in uh, people like me, that it, preachers that they thought they really cared about every culture there. You know, I, when Jesus, when God created uh, humanity, he didn't make different races. He made one race, the human race. So just an appreciation for the human race. We can still embrace your blackness without hating other people. That makes no sense. Anyway, so they brought in uh, somebody, a Zeke. They brought in uh, a Muslim, uh, a Christian, and different, different. And then we were in there just talking about, and so somebody said about Christmas, they, as they said, well, you know, I'm a Muslim, and we're you know, we're just in it, it, schools celebrating Christmas with uh, these trees and lights and Santa Claus and 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 uh, just the all of the red nosed reindeer and the the what's that dude's name? The the snowman with the hat and the pipe. Frosty. He put his hat on and he come alive. Frosty the snowman. And she said, you know, to tell you the truth. We're, we're, we're tired of our, our kids are not Christians and we're tired. I said, wait a minute now. We, we are Christians and we tired of that too. We tired of Santa Claus. We tired of Rudolph. We tired of the, the snowman with the hat. We tired of all that. Right. And Christmas needs to get back to the birth of our Savior coming into this world. So that's how I feel about Easter. We mm -hmm. made Easter about candy and boiled eggs and games and shoes and clothes and a bunny rabbit. How did a rabbit get in this thing? So, I, <laughs> so for me, when I talk about Easter, and I am intentional with my words, I talk about Resurrection Sunday. Yeah, we talk, and it is clear. I'm very intentional. This is the Sunday that we set aside to celebrate that Sunday when God raised Jesus from the dead, and in the first century. When believers, after the resurrection, when they would greet each other, they would greet each other by saying, he is risen. And then the person would respond, indeed, he is risen. Yes, and sir. so I'm trying to go along with the early believers. He's risen. Indeed, he's risen. This is, so I, I call it Resurrection Sunday. I, I didn't even notice you caught that, huh? <laughs> or anybody else. But yeah, it's Resurrection Sunday we celebrate. Yeah. So if you, for those who are listening and tuning in, we appreciate you engaging with us. We've got uh, a, a lot of people engaging with us here on Facebook Live, and we appreciate that. Um, so if you have any questions, please drop them in the comments as we kind of wind down here. Uh, so now that we are practicing physical distancing, and you talked about the early church and the first resurrection was celebrated in somebody's house. Yes. Uh, do most people feel comfortable guiding their family uh, in faith during this time? I know a lot, of, especially during this week, uh, we tend to lean heavily on the church and pastors and preachers to kind of educate us and encourage us and help us celebrate uh, during during this time of Holy Week and Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. Um, how can how can we as uh, families, individuals, as homes, uh, lead our families during this time? You would say. Yeah, um, and, and thank God we, we get a whole lot of help uh, from technology. Yeah. You know, uh, but one of the, one of the things, uh, your, your, your director of your PhD program, Dr. Frank Thomas, hit me up um, on Sunday, Sunday evening, and he said that he had, 
he and his wife had sat down in front of the television and then they listened to the Eastern Star Church. They connected online, can't get on campus. Right. But we can get online. They got online and they they watched it together, the, the songs that were sang, the prayers that were offered. And um, and then they listened to the message together. And then he said after that, they prayed together. His, he said his wife prayed and then he prayed and and they used that as a time of worship and a time for family. Right. And um, and I, I think that some of us are gonna, and that, that may not be how you and your family operate, but there is a way, you know, when son, when y'all were much smaller, we gather in the family room and um, have you all read a verse of scripture or we take a, a devotional that somebody had written. Right. And we read something out of there and, and let you guys say what you thought it meant and then your mom would come in with her piece and then I would say something and then one of us would pray together. And so with all the resources now that, that you can, there are plenty of children's books about Easter uh, <laughs> and the resurrection. Um, and there are plenty of ministers and services on television if you don't feel comfortable with articulating it. Um, to listen, you know, and, and for like the Holy Week, God led me for Holy Week to take one of the seven, every day I'll be saying something about the seven last sayings of Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. And um, so every, so a family that somebody says, well, I'm, I'm uncomfortable trying to share God's word. I'm just now reading it for myself. But it's not just me. There are other ministers. That's, and our, I think, our devotions are four minutes or less. So take four minutes, listen to me talk about Jesus dying on the cross. And at the same, you know, he says, Father, forgive them. That's the first of the seven sayings. He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And Jesus is forgiving them. He's still hurting. He's forgiving them. He can still see them. And he's forgiving them. He's still in pain. And even though in all that crisis he was in, he was still living out his purpose and still offering forgiveness. And And then after... After listening to a, a devotional, then pray with your family. You don't have to spend an hour and a half uh, <laughs> trying to figure out what to say. You know, just take some time yeah. with God. That's good. And take a few moments with your family and reflect upon the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and as you're trying to encourage your son, we got seven days from the time Jesus came in riding on that donkey to early in the morning that Sunday. Yes, sir. When God raised Jesus from the dead. And just take take some time every day and figure out how can I honor Christ and what he did for us in the resurrection. Yeah. So, you know, the churches we've been, and I see people commenting, they talking about they're going to wear one of their shirts as they sit down and watch on Sunday. But uh, you know we yeah that's a that's a church family thing I I, <laughs> I I know we try to do more than just our church family but I'll say a little bit about that too yeah so, so I know I know like this year will be uh, a year that none of us will forget when it comes to to Eastern Resurrection Sunday Holy Week we will all remember where we were on Resurrection Sunday 2020 and so you know the church we've been asking um, you know our young people and you know even the older people like. Do you have any memories related to Resurrection Sunday? So let me ask you, Pastor, do you have like a memory related to 
Holy Week or Resurrection Sunday that you can recall, like going back throughout your years of being in ministry or even growing up in the church? Like, is there a memory of Easter or Resurrection Sunday that you can remember? Oh, did we lose, did we lose a pastor? Pastor? I think we lost, I think we lost our pastor. Let's see if we can get pastor back on here. <laughs> I think we lost pastor. Well, listen. I think that was good. I think that was good enough. All right, guys. I think that was good enough. We done lost pastor. Ah, well, you heard it here. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, as pastor said, he needed some rest. And so uh, that's what he was. That's I think that's what was happening. I think that's what he was going to do. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Okay. I was like, technology. It's great when it works. <laughs> He's back. We got him back. I told him that you needed some rest, Doc. So that's probably what happened. You needed to go. <laughs> God, Let me God tell you my you, memory. God made you lie down in green pastures. Yeah, it, you know, uh, I'm, I've been at Eastern Star Church for 32 years. And so uh, people who've, who've united in the last few years, some of the things that we do, they're like, where did this stuff come from that we're doing? All these T-shirts that we wear every Easter. What is that all about? Here's Here's one of the reasons we ended up going to T-shirt. When I first got to Easter Star Church, uh, I was actually 24 years old. I got there the first Sunday in April in 1988. Then I turned 25 the next next month. Um, but so the first Easter I was there was in 1989. And man, I, I, you see some of the old pictures that we have. Easter Star Church, we used to dress up for church. Right. You know, and so at Easter, people were going to buy outfits and uh and hats and suits and new shoes and spending a lot of money and there were families that just didn't have it they didn't have any money and they couldn't go about it and i didn't want people feeling like i can't go to church on the biggest day of the year for for christians and so on the very first easter i didn't say because I, I didn't say anything about it to anybody you know easter star went through an eight-year storm right before i got there so I wanted to survive the storm. I wanted to sail through the storm. So I didn't say anything to anybody. <laughs> but I went to church that Sunday. And I had on uh, some blue jeans and a T-shirt and some basketball shoes. Oh, man. And everybody else in the church was all dressed up with hats and bonnets and <laughs> patent leather shoes and black suits and ties. And, and I had on my jeans, T-shirt and some basketball shoes. And I preached about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Man. And the statement that I was made, making without saying it, and people still use this statement to this day, is, is not what you have on you that makes the difference. It's who you have in you. Yeah. And so from then on, uh, some people still dress up for Easter. We're cool with that. Because if you like dressing up, then dress up. You're welcome to do that. Right. And some people, they're very casual when they come to our church. And and now uh, every year we help them out a little bit. We get those T-shirts 
uh, to celebrate the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Savior at a time to reflect and have some camaraderie in ministry. And I really feel bad this year, son, because we had the special T-shirts. The company was making them uh, with the 100-year celebration. And we were trying to get every member and every family member to wear them on Easter Sunday. And I had my polo. Everything was all, it was, we was ready for the 100-year celebration. Yeah. And, of course, social distancing. You know, Tony Evans said, it's not social distancing. We're still social. We just connect online. Right. It's, it's social. Uh, it's, it's physical distancing, he calls it. Yes, sir. And so the company said, well, we, we, won't, be, we won't be making T-shirts. We won't be at work. So we've asked every member of Eastern Star to do like I've done, go back through that closet, go back through that drawer, pull out one of those old Eastern Eastern Star T-shirts from the past, those polo shirts some of us, the staff have, put those on and celebrate Easter with your family, with Eastern Star Church. I will be preaching like I do every Easter. And then, and then after it's over, why are you just going on? Have somebody snap a picture or take a selfie. That's right. And then, uh, and then tag us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Or, okay, Doc. Uh, we yeah, see there, I'm, I'm learning the terminology. Hey. <laughs> had to go through a storm to <laughs> develop me in certain areas. Uh, and then, you know, it, otherwise you can just take the picture and mail it to us. <laughs> so, but get, a, get us the picture <laughs> and then we'll, we'll make sure on our social media piece, we have all these people, thousands of folk from different parts of Indianapolis and Fishers and Indiana and throughout our nation and different parts of the world with an Easter Star t-shirt on with their family, and we have that on all our social media. We, I can't wait to see uh, what that's, but, but the whole thing is about remembering the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. So this, well, I guess next Sunday, next Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, make sure you throw on your shirt, take a picture, and as Pastor said, tag us in it on Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, wherever you post your pictures. And then, of course, also, we are asking you to uh, record yourself or your team and your youth uh, to, to let us know what their favorite memory of Resurrection Sunday is. And then send it to us at communications at easternstarchurch.org, communications at easternstarchurch.org. And then we're also putting together a virtual art gallery. So if you, got, if you drew up something related to Resurrection Sunday, a poem, spoken word, whatever you have, you can send it to us as well. At, com at communications at easternstarchurch.org. We're trying to put something together as we continue to celebrate, uh, of course, 100 years of the Eastern Star Church, but then even next week with Resurrection Sunday. Uh, so, Doc, before we get out of here, a part of your sermon Sunday, uh, you know, sailing through a storm, uh, you were talking about on that ark, there was only one window, and that one window yeah. was above Noah and his family, and yeah. about how God put that one window of in there for them to have the right perception and the right focus as they're going through their storm. So as we enter into Holy Week, um, we have another reason to be joyful and excited, even though we're going through this storm. So as we close out of here, talk about the importance of having the right perception as we're going through pain and in the storm. And you talked about our outlook ought to be an uplook. So what, what does that mean to you uh, going through this, through this situation that we're in now? Yeah, two men peered through prison bars. One saw mud, the other saw stars. So it, 
all of us are in the same situation. We, you know, no matter, I don't care if you were white collar worker, blue collar worker, uh, it doesn't matter what field you're in, you educated, uneducated, you got a degree, you got your PhD, you got your GED, we all in the same boat now, right? So we all in the same storm. And it just, it's just really up to you. Uh, you can become mean and evil and hard to get along with and look down and see everything muddy and messy. Or as Noah kind of helped his family to look up, put that window in one spot, put it up high so that their outlook will be an uplook. And I believe that this is the time that, that we really need to be turning towards God. Yeah. I look to the hills from which come of my help. My help comes from the Lord. And, um, and he made heaven and earth. And he never sleeps nor slumbers. And he keeps us. And I'm just, I'm just still trusting God. I, you know, one of the things that I, I say very often is um, even when we don't understand God, Ask God, because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're higher than ours. The heavens are above earth. So sometimes we don't understand God as God, but we can always trust him as father. Yes, sir. Father into your hands, I commit my spirit. And so during this, this time, man, it is, it's bad. It's hard. Um, people are getting sick. People are dying. Financial situations are turned upside down. Uh, people have an uncertain future. But I still trust I still trust God as my father. My outlook is that God loves us and that God is always working things together for our good. Even if I don't understand him as God, I still trust him as father. And that's my outlook during this time. And I'm going to keep looking up. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep believing. Um, and, and I believe like the old folk used to say, or I should say, as old people like me say, <laughs> we'll understand it better by and by god's gonna keep us and it's so don't spend this season and don't get the lesson that god is trying to teach us and don't get the blessing he's trying to give you and then don't get to the destination he's trying to take you right and 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 just trust god as father even though you don't understand him as god praise the lord as my grandfather rest in peace would always say keep looking up uh, reference what David wrote, as I look to the hills for which cometh my help, my help comes from the Lord. So um, during this time of Holy Week, even in a hellish situation, we can always have the right outlook, which is an uplook as we look to our Heavenly Father uh, for guidance, for protection, for provision, and for a way out and deliverance. And so, Pastor, we appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, coming on this week, sharing your heart with us. And we appreciate those who are tuning in uh, via Facebook. And, oh, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, uh, Eastern Star Church, we started a podcast, not just the Eastern Star Church podcast where you can get all the sermons, by the way, on Apple and Google Play and all that stuff. Um, but we're even using our conversations and future conversations in a podcast that we are calling The Waiting Room. Uh, and I meant to say this earlier, but as all of us are in this season of waiting waiting to get out of our homes and waiting for the NBA to come back on and waiting for our children to go back to school and all these things. We believe that God has a word for us while we wait and God strengthens us while we wait. And so this will be a part of that series, uh, the waiting room, which you could find on Apple, Google play, and you can find it on YouTube. 
Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You get all our videos, all the sermons. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, what's the other one, Doc? Twitter. And uh, <laughs> all our social media platforms. YouTube. Did you say YouTube? YouTube. Follow us. On, oh, by the way, we, we reached over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. And we were only at like 200 last week. So we appreciate y'all's support. Um, our, our church family, we appreciate your support. And, all, of course, our family uh, and our friends who are connected to our ministry. Thank you so much. And uh, if you're trying to figure out how can I give to this ministry, well, you can go on our website, easterstarchurch.org, and uh, we appreciate your generosity for those who continue to give to this ministry and everything that we uh, have been doing, what we are continuing to do. As Pastor says, the church uh, may be closed, but the church is still open. The doors may be shut and locked, but we are still open, still operating, and still ministering. So, Pastor, we appreciate you, Doc, um, and, I'm, and people on, online, they appreciate you. Uh, coming on and sharing with us. So hopefully we can get you back on next week uh, and we can just keep talking. Uh, we ain't got nothing else to do. So, <laughs> Doc, I'll see you. All right, son. All right. God bless. <laughs>